to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. When he was only three years old, Tyler Hook was diagnosed with stage 4 medulla blastoma, brain cancer. After enduring six weeks of radiation and five months of chemotherapy, he was given three weeks to live and sent home to die. But the good news is he's cancer-free today. And here to tell Tyler's story is his mother, Sunshine Hook, who joins us from Florida. Sunshine, thanks for doing this. Thanks for telling your son's story. Oh, it's a pleasure. How old is Tyler today, and how's he doing? Uh, he is six years old, and he's just doing amazing compared to when he was sent home almost three years ago. He was lifeless, so he has made amazing steps towards progress. Um, we're just so hopeful that that he will recover um, everything that he's lost through the chemo and radiation that he had to go through. We're just so thankful that we found cannabis, um, you know, kind of in the nick of time, so to speak. Sunshine, what kind of um, side effects or issues does he have as a result of the chemo and radiation? Um, well, he cannot talk and he cannot walk because he was bedridden through the treatment because the treatment was so high dose. It just didn't give him any time to really do, and he was so miserable. He couldn't do physical therapy when he was going through treatment, so he was just bedridden for so long, and his muscles just deteriorated, basically. And he got so skinny. He just looked so malnourished when he was sent home. He was, you could see, like, all of his spine, and he would just look so, so weak, and all his color had left his body, basically, and... So, like, now he is, he's crawling, which is a great, great sign. Um, but he just, he has uh, seizures every now and then, uh, you know, out of the blue. And it, I don't know if it's because of him, his brain trying to repair itself or, you know, part of it is low sodium seizures. He has a history of those. And now he has a thyroid condition because of the treatment he went through. He has hypothyroidism. So, I mean, that treatment... Um, not only, you know, almost took his life, but he has to um, deal with the side effects of those medications for the rest of his life, kind of, um, you know, trying to repair all that damage that the chemo and radiation did to his little body. I'm just, I'm just hopeful that because he was so young that his, that hopefully he'll be able to um, make a full recovery is, is my hope. He's only on Synthroid, so he's not on any other medications, which I'm so thankful for. Sunshine, what is what is a sodium seizure? Well, when he they call him a salt, well, the layman term is a salt waster. So if he drinks too much um, liquid during the day, he will dump sodium that his body needs to um, to function. I guess so. 
um, he'll go into a low sodium seizure. And when Iggy reaches really low, he has to, we have to take him into the hospital and they give him all these recovery drugs. And some of them, I guess some of them include sodium and they, they hook him up to saline Mm -hmm. usually to try to help his sodium get back up to a, a safe level. The seizure world, I don't think anybody really knows. Like we couldn't tell you that every time he had a seizure, it was a low sodium seizure, but um, he just, that's been one of his main causes that we've found for the actual seizure. So we, we try to keep him off any anti-seizing meds because we have friends that have children with epilepsy and we hear the horror stories. So we try to stick with the cannabis as an all around um, herbal healing for all, all, all kinds of ranges of damage that the other pharmaceuticals did to him. Take us back to the beginning, Sunshine, and uh, when Tyler was diagnosed at the age of three with brain cancer, how was he behaving prior to his diagnosis? Um, well, he was laying around a lot, and he was not acting himself, you know, just very lethargic, and he would have to throw up almost immediately. It reminded me of morning sickness that a woman would have, um, and he was... You know, when he would walk, he was unstable when he would walk to the to anywhere. Um, but that's because the tumor, the largest tumor, was in the medulla uh, or medulla part of your brain. So that was where his coordination and everything was, his equilibrium was thrown off. Um, or So the doctors, you know, tell us. So he was just um, not acting like a normal three-year-old, you know, um, barely eating. He held down his food, but he was constipated. And every time we took him to the doctor, um, you know, he got misdiagnosed or sent home, said they had a, he had a virus. Um, but we know with stomach viruses, you have diarrhea and not constipation. So we knew that was not right. You know, basically just not acting like himself and laying around all day. And I'm sure he had headaches and stuff, but he was so young, he didn't really know um, how to tell us as his parents what was going on with him as far as, you know, headaches or double vision. He really couldn't explain that to us at his young age, I think. Now, when he was diagnosed, did he have more than one tumor? Yes, he had, um, I think it was 16 total. He had two in his spine, and the largest one was in the medulla, and then there was some other smaller ones um, in different spots also. Wow. His, yeah. What What was it like for you and your husband emotionally when your child is diagnosed with these 16 tumors, particularly in the brain? Very like you were having an out-of-body experience. Like it wasn't really um, – it didn't take um, – I guess it didn't hit home until he started having to do the treatment. Um, You just kind of in shock and you just disbelief and you're feeling hopeless and helpless and um, you just want to scream. I remember asking the nurse, um, was there a room I could go in to just scream because I feel like I was in a nightmare that I couldn't wake up from. And it's really hard to talk about. Um, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. Gosh, I can't even imagine. Take your time. It's just really hard to talk about. Um, 
the past and what he went through. Um, I just wish we could do it all over again sometimes and him not have to go through that horrible, horrible treatment. And it's a shame that we live in a world today that, um, you know, adults kind of have a choice what kind of treatment they want, but they really don't know either what is out there until you research. And I just wish sometimes that, you know, you didn't have to worry about your kids getting taken away and, um, and you didn't have to force these awful treatments on these babies. And we have seen so much death and, you know, it's just hard to, it, it's hard to, especially when you know there's a better way. And I just want people to know that there's always hope and there is a better way than taking these horrible, horrible drugs that are FDA approved and they do nothing to help you. They just, you know, make your life um, miserable. And, um, you know, I just, I, I can't believe, I'm so thankful for people like you that get people's stories out and, you know, getting the word out more and more about um, this healing plant. And I, I just wish that nobody ever had to go through what my son had to go through. And um, I think nothing's worse as a parent except for losing your child. Nothing's worse than watching them suffer. And there's nothing that you can really do for them, you know, legally. Um, there's nothing that you can do for them unless you move to one of these other states that, um, you know, actually will let, allow you to use this as treatment for them. When did so, um, cannabis come into the picture? How did you just first first discover that it, this might be um, potentially a cure for your son? I, I don't remember exactly when we first heard about um yeah I, I don't remember what stage he was in the treatment um but i had been researching things when they were away um, my husband had to go to saint jude's with my son and i was at home with the other children and you know they the doctors tell you not to research anything but i couldn't not um look up things and educate myself so I had friends send me links, and there was actually a nurse in Tennessee at Le Bonheur that I will, I just, you know, I'm so thankful. She reached out to my husband, and she gave him um, the Phoenix Tears uh, booklet. She printed the whole thing offline, and she gave it to my husband. And, you know, I'm at home researching juicing and natural remedies, and, you know, I had people brought into my life and I'm not a religious person, but I, I believe God brought people into my life. Like when I say I'm not a religious person, I, I see it as more of a relationship with, um, Jesus. And I believe that God sent people into our life just in the nick of time, just when I needed it the most people in our lives that helped our son, um, immensely with obtaining the oil, um, because we weren't able to use it the whole time he was going through treatment. He was in Tennessee, which is an illegal state. So when he was sent home on hospice, 
our home state is Florida. And I was like, well, since he's terminal, then we should be able to use the oil with him and not have any legal problems because I had heard of other patients being able to use it if they were terminal in this state before they had just passed the medical marijuana thing because he was sent home two years, you know, over two years ago. Because of that, we decided to come home and give it, you know, the last shot that we could think of, which was following the Rick Simpson protocol and switching his diet to an all-organic diet. Once you started him on cannabis, what form of cannabis did he take? Um, well, I guess they call it the Rick Simpson oil. So it wasn't just high CBD oil. It was it was an equal one-to-one ratio of THC and CBD because we had heard that you need the THC when you're fighting active cancer. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, CBD is, is fine and it helps with um, a lot of ailments, but we wanted the one-to-one, the whole plant extract, basically. When he started taking it, how did he respond to it? Um, well, he slept a lot, but that wasn't, um, you know, like that was the worst side effect was he would sleep a lot. And then um, he is tube fed. So we feed him through a feeding tube and we give him organic feeding formula. After his body adjusted to the oil, we, we worked him up to a gram a day as fast as we could because um, when we brought him home, we thought he wasn't going to make the trip home to Florida. He was so weak and he was so pale and, and just so fragile. Um, but we, we, you know, we got him up to a gram, which a lot of people were like, whoa, a gram's a lot for a child. Um, but we were desperate and, and Rick Simpson protocol was the only protocol that we knew of that was effective in bringing people back from hospice, basically, you know, from hospice to healing is what we call it. So he slept a lot. And then, you know, once he got used to it, he, he started having an appetite and he started wanting to, you know, interact with us more. And so the worst side effect that we ever saw from it was that he slept a lot. But once his body adjusted, it was like, um, he just started to improve his color started back. Um, he, he, you know, started interacting more and more with his siblings and trying to do more each day. So, you know, it just, um, that must have been a bit of a, a surprise or a bit of a shock to you and your husband to see your son improving when he was told when you were told to take him home because he was going to be dead within three weeks. Right, right. Well, we didn't, and and I forgot to tell you, we didn't get the oil like like right away. Like when we first first got home, we had to hunt it down, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you know travel to get get him started on it, and then we had someone bless us who who blesses other people who are sent home on hospital, especially kids. Somebody bless us with with his supply of the whole plant extract, but at first we had to hunt it down and, you know, gradually work him up. And then, like I said, I just felt like God put all the right people in our path because we had seen so many people that wait and wait to get the oil, and then it's just too late. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that our son was able to get it in a timely manner um, and that 
he didn't get worse before he got better, so to speak, you know. Sunshine, were there people that you know or people within your family, your immediate family, who were against giving Tyler cannabis oil? I'm sure there was, but I don't think they, you know, I don't think they spoke up about it. And once they started seeing him improve, they kind of couldn't be upset with me, you know, like they couldn't. They couldn't discredit that the the cannabis was helping him. So, um, you know, I think some people might have had disapproval, but they didn't really say anything because, um, you know, he was sent home on hospice and he wasn't supposed to be alive. And here he is improving. So it's kind of like there's a stigma still, but and they probably wouldn't do it for their loved one or whatever. But you know, when you're put in that situation, you really don't care what other people think about it because you've tried everything. You've tried to do it the right, you know, or quote unquote, right way by doing the conventional treatments. And, you know, it was our last resort. And I think everybody that was around us knew that our son was had one foot in the grave, so to speak. And I hate to say it that way, but he really was so close to death. It was so scary. And I don't think anybody would have stepped up and said, Hey, you know, I don't think that's right for you to give your son that because that that's just what you do when you're, when you're at your, your, your last hope or your, um, yeah. When you're at your wits end, you do everything you can to save your child. That's right. Yeah. We did an interview. It's episode 142 with Doug Bench of Florida. He was called the hanging judge when he was a judge. He sentenced 311 people to jail slash prison for uh, marijuana crimes. He was diagnosed with COPD, told he had uh, between 20 and 30 months to live and resigned Mm -hmm. himself to the fact that he was going to die. But his wife did a lot of research, much like you did research for your son. And uh, they had a ranch in Colorado. She went out to Colorado, came back with some cannabis oil, told him to take it. He said, what is it? And she said, never mind, just take it. And he said, I'm not going to put anything in my body when I don't know what it is. She said, it's cannabis oil. And he went crazy. He said, I'm not taking that stuff. So for six days, he refused to take it. On the seventh day, she came uh, downstairs with uh, her bag packed and said, if you're not going to help yourself, I'm going to stay with Molly and the kids. So he tried uh, the cannabis oil, took it. And mm. within how many months, Corey? I forget how many mm. months. Yeah, really quick amount Very of quick. time. Yeah, but two months or something. I, I can't he remember. He is free of COPD, mm. and what he does now, he he educates people on the medical benefits of cannabis, and he also has a, a ranch, as I mentioned, in Colorado. And people who can't afford or who live in illegal states can go right. go to his ranch and uh, take cannabis oil to heal themselves. So it's it's an educational process, which is what we're trying to do here. And right. through your help by telling your son's story about his brain cancer and his recovery through cannabis oil, uh, I think, you know, hopefully more and more people around the world will understand the benefits of this. Tell me, how does Tyler's brothers and sisters, how many brothers and sisters does he have? Um, he has three sisters and one brother. How did they react to his illness? Um, you know, with kids, 
I think they were so like, they were so concerned about him and they kind of, you know, having three older sisters, um, they're kind of like little mamas themselves. So (laughs) they, they just, you know, kind of embraced it. And I, I think when, when you have children that, uh, you know, if you freak out, they'll freak out. Mm -hmm. So because mama and daddy weren't freaking out, they, they kind of just, you know, went with the flow and, um, you know, picked up and helped. They were so helpful. My children, I think it's grown them, um, you know, it made them wiser. It, It just, it's just amazing when you're when you're able to stay together as a family, um, having each other to lean on, and you know making life as uh, as quote unquote normal as possible. So having each other together, I think helped Tyler heal. His sisters have seen him go from nearly dead to come back to life. So I, I feel like it was probably hard on them, but but they're they're stronger because of what they've seen and they are wiser. And I just can't, I I can't get over, you know, the, the bond that they have with their siblings because of what we've been through. They, they, um, they just nurture each other and just like right now I'm having interview with you and they're, and they're taking care of everything because they, because they know that mama could not do this alone. They know that um sometimes i feel like this this trial of cancer was meant to to break up my family or to make us um you know weaker or you know spread us apart or just make us um destroy us basically but i feel like we've gotten stronger through all of this because we've been through the highs and lows together and I just, it does my heart good to see them interact with their brother, even though he's handicapped now and he can't talk. They still have a great relationship with him. And I think they appreciate, you know, the simple things in life even more now because they, they know how precious life is, Mm. you know. Sunshine, is is, uh, Tyler's inability to talk tied into the radiation treatment that he had and the chemo, or is it tied into the seizures, or where's that coming from? I I think it's a little of both, because um, the seizures set him back. So, like, if he has a major, um, you know, full-on long seizure, it'll set him back usually. Um, But I found the more oil I use, like, if he is having a seizure if i give him oil it seems to protect his brain so i've noticed that you know it it's just like the doctors can't tell you you know why he doesn't talk i mean he's he's a miracle to be alive so they don't they don't really know um like they'll blame uh the radiation they'll say oh it was because of the radiation he can't talk but um he actually tried to say a few words like he said dada he said egg. And then I remember one time he copied me and I, and it's one of those times as a mother, you wish your child didn't copy you. But I, I, I think I said the word crap or something like that. And he said it and it was like, you know, praise God he's talking, but I'm thinking the seizures have set him back. Um, and, and I, I'm just hopeful that, um, you know, because I've heard him say a couple words that he will be able to learn to talk again. 
Sunshine, maybe if you swear around him, he'll <laughs> pick it up a little more. Right, right. They always they always say the thing. They always copy you when you don't want him to. <laughs> Prior to his diagnosis, he was speaking, though, correct? Yes, yes. he was actually speaking very well. Um, it was the fifth round of chemo that took a lot of things from him. It took his voice. And I remember being in the hospital after that fifth round and my child was screaming at the top of his lungs almost. And the nurses come in and they said, Oh, is he in pain? Does he need morphine? You know, does he need pain meds? I said, no, he can't talk. I, wouldn't you be upset if you couldn't talk? I mean, he had literally been able to talk before the fifth round of chemo. And then when they administered it and he had finished it, he was not able to talk. And he was, I'm sure he was freaking out. And, you know, as a mom, you can kind of tell when your child's in pain by their cries or by the way they're acting. And he can still understand us. You know, like he totally understands us when we talk to him because we can ask him to do something or, you know, we could say, give me a kiss and he'll lean in for a kiss. Or, you know, you you know that he's comprehending you. But because of all the radiation he had and all the chemotherapy, which was all high dose, um, you know, it fried his brain probably basically. And the seizures aren't helping, but he doesn't have the seizures like as bad as an epileptic would. He has them like once in a blue moon, which I'm so thankful he does not because those are so scary. He, he he recovers well, like the last time he recovered a lot better. And I and I attribute that to the cannabis as well. It is totally an all around and I don't want to call it a cure all, but it is very close to like this miracle oil that we have used for his pain, um, for his cognitive, for the keep the cancer away, um, to keep him off of so many pharmaceuticals that, you know, he was on. Sunshine, is Tyler cancer-free today? Yes, he is. And he has been cancer-free since the first MRI we had um, after being sent home on hospice. Three months into having hospice, we canceled hospice. We got an MRI three months after he was sent home. And it was clear. And the doctors were beside themselves, and they just could not believe it. And ever since that MRI... We have gotten MRIs every three months, and then when all of those were clear, we went to every six months. So now we're on every six months, we go back to St. Jude's, and we get another MRI, and he's still cancer-free, and he's still blowing them away because they're in disbelief. (laughs) Do the doctors know what you're doing? Uh, We've been very open with, yes, with our oncologist, and we told him, that we were, you know, we even, I think we told him when we left on hospice that that's what we were, that was what we were going to do with him because it was legal in Florida for terminal patients at that time. So, um, yes, he knows we use it. I don't know if we've changed his mind about, uh, anything, but I'm hoping that the more MRIs that he sees that are clear, the more it'll change his mind and maybe, you know, change somebody's mind about this plant and and try to get more people to advocate for this for cancer specifically. Sunshine, how much uh, cannabis oil does Tyler take on a daily basis? Right now, he is at 
uh, 0.5 ml twice a day. And that is because of, you know, like I was saying before, that we use it for seizures and to keep the cancer away. And we use it for pain because I'm sure he had neuropathy and he just cannot tell me. Like he cannot mm-hmm. talk to me, tell me that he's hurting. So I, I give it to him just for that fact. Also, the advantage that he has, I guess, if you can call it an advantage, is that he's still very young. He's growing, and I I guess the hope is that because the brain has plasticity, and uh, he will hopefully grow out of it. Is that your hope? Yeah, I'm hoping that it will actually repair the damage. I'm hoping that or that it will protect, keep protecting his, his body from all the harmful things. Because a lot of people don't realize that after you have these toxic treatments, um, that the chemo and the radiation can stay in your body up to, I think like two or something years after. So we, we have tried everything to detox and to, you know, give him the best nutrition possible and also stick with the cannabis because, um, because it's doing so well and, and we see the progress every day. I see more progress when I use the oil every day than if I stop. And, um, and I, that's what I want. I want to see progress. I want him, I have hope because I hear other stories, um, about autistic kids or, um, you know, anybody that's on the oil that was nonverbal and now is speaking, that gives me hope that the cannabis can also help with that. And so many people believe that, you know, it, it destroys brain cells. But in fact, I've seen it repair a lot of his. I mean, it just you you can't you, I see it firsthand. So I see the progress that, that it just amazes me. And I tell my husband, I say, honey, sometimes when I use a little bit more of the oil, I feel like it can only help him and not hurt him. So I don't have to worry about, you know, giving him too much or, you know, if anything, giving him too little is what I worry about because I was diluting it so much and I didn't realize how much I was diluting it before. And when you see this kind of progress, you don't want to take steps back. You want to keep taking steps forward. So... I, I just um, well, if you give I, him, if you give him too much, the worst that can happen is he'll fall asleep, right? That's right. That's right, and that's not a bad side effect either, <laughs> because yeah. he still has a lot of energy for you know, like we feed him really good nutrition. So this boy has energy, and I I need energy just to keep up with him half the time. <laughs> Sunshine, he's still um, being fed via t- a tube, GI tube. Yes, ma'am. He is. He's um, all liquid. His formula is called Liquid Hope. Um, It was actually designed for uh, an adult who had a brain injury, and the daughter wanted to find good nutrition for her dad, and she couldn't find any, so she invented this Liquid Hope, and they they also have a Liquid Nourish, um, but he was on it before they invented the Nourish one for the children, so we've just kept him on it. And it has anti-cancer, um, like turmeric, and I think it has some garlic in it, maybe. It just has all these, and it has broccoli, I think, and kale. So it, it has all these cancer fighters in it as well. So we feel like um, it is helping 
the cannabis even more because I'm not feeding him sugary things, which I was right. before. Yeah, no, um, I, am, I am familiar with that. I've known a couple of people who've used it. Um, the, the, his inability to eat, is that tied in with his inability to talk, et cetera, et cetera? Or, um, like, is there, is, I guess what I'm asking is, do you see a day where he'll be able to eat? Like um, yeah, I? I do. He actually eats Cheerios right now. He used to eat the baby, the baby food puffs. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but no. he, he, he will eat Cheerios. He will snack on those all day long. Um, so he can, he can chew and he's, he's actually had some ice cream lately because of the hot days here in Florida. We, we've taken him for ice cream, but, um, you know, I think the more he has the oil, the more it helps with these things because he doesn't have an appetite. Um, if I don't give him the oil, he'll, he will go all day without eating and he's okay with that, but the oil makes him have an appetite. So that's my hope is he'll make a full recovery. He'll be eating. He'll be, you know, talking, he'll be walking and, and he'll just be a huge testimony, um, for this healing plant. Absolutely. Sunshine, it's great to talk to you. It's a fantastic story, a wonderful story of uh, Tyler's recovery. Anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, I just want to give hope to everybody that is listening that even when your doctors say there's no more hope, there's always hope in there, and there's nothing wrong with trying something natural like cannabis that, um, you know, they're doing studies over in Israel on it, and just because it's not studied here doesn't mean that it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. You know, like there's a lot of testimonies out there. You just have to research and get out there and, you know, be the biggest advocate for your child or your loved one and stop hunting down clinical trials that are non-effective and, and you know, give it a shot. And the worst, I, I don't think anybody that I've heard of um, hasn't been um had good success with this plant when they've given it a try. Absolutely. Well said. Sunshine, a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, thank you very much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Sunshine. We really appreciate it, and I'm sure that uh, this is going to give a lot of parents out there some hope. Oh, good. I hope so. All right. Bye-bye. And if you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. That's it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio, wherever you are in the world. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, 
real life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.